What is up, fellow thermonuclear AFers? I am Dan Thaley coming at you with another Hardware Knock podcast. Before we dive into this, just a quick reminder to please, pretty please, with sugar on top, rate, review, subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you watch, uh, listen to your podcast, excuse me. Also subscribe to us on YouTube if that's where you're watching. Hit that sub button, hit like, comment, help the algorithm love us back as we continue to grow this community. If you've done both those things and do both, subscribe to us on a podcast player and also rate and review us and then also subscribe to us on YouTube. Consider recommending us, helping promote our podcast, shutting us out on Twitter. Those are always really fun things to see, like the Spotify raps that I saw last week. Those were great. We appreciate every single one of you who are listening regularly and also newcomers. Again, consider throwing us that permanent sub. We have a lot of fun around here. Join our Discord as well. The link to that is in the YouTube and the podcast description and all of our social handles, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Those are all in the YouTube and podcast descriptions as well. So follow us there. With that out of the way, we get started with, I'm going to go through an article was put up at Bleacher Report by um, Greg Swartz about one trade idea for every NBA team. It's a little bit, I think it's like a week old now or something, but I figured I'd go through it because we haven't talked trades here a lot. We had some mailbag questions on it, but December 15th is rapidly approaching and trades are going to become more of a topic. December 15th is a date where most of the players who signed contracts over the offseason could be dealt. We're about to get into the silly season. I know some people don't really enjoy trades. I really do enjoy them. I enjoy what's happening on the court too. I also enjoy the drama. I enjoy a lot about the NBA. Um, so I don't. We're not going to inundate you with trade content, but I actually did a trade asset ranking, so I might deliver that on a podcast. So that content might pick up between now and the middle of February. But without further ado, and I will throw it up on the screen for those who are watching on YouTube, we begin with the Atlanta Hawks and the trade here is the Hawks get Jordan or they get Jordan Clarkson, Kelly Olenek and a 2025 second from Utah for John Collins. My God. Um, I'm not even, this isn't a shot at Greg. I just can't believe how much John Collins's trade value has fallen. I think uh, dunked on had been talking about whether um, the heat could get Clarkson. I'm not Clarkson Collins for a first round pick and Duncan Robinson. I wouldn't do this if I'm Atlanta. I think that there's still value to be plumbed from Collins on offense just because they're underutilizing him when he's healthy. I know he's injured right now. Um, doesn't mean that they have to view the final, you know, 70 plus million dollars on his deals and as an albatross. If this is your best return to expiring contracts in the second round pick, I mean, I know the Hawks are concerned about the luxury tax, but that's I wouldn't do it. Uh, if they home run for Utah, I'd absolutely do that from Utah. On to Boston. Um, the Celtics get Mike Muscala for a 2023 second round pick. The Celtics do have a trade exception. So this is possible without sending out any players. Um, I I'm fine with it. I mean, they could use some extra front court depth. If you're worried about not having Robert Williams, a third healthy or, or Al Horford holding up, or you just don't want to trust the, the Blake Griffin minutes at, at this point, I definitely don't want to see Muscala, you know, going the dual big route. Sometimes Boston likes to do that when Robert Williams, the third is healthy. Not so much right now. Yeah. Why not? Um, Oklahoma city, I guess they have enough picks and they do value Mike Muscala within their locker room, but, um, the 2023 pick is not coming from Boston. It's coming from Portland. So it's not going to be like number, you know, 58 or something, but, uh, I, I, I think that's fine for both sides. The Brooklyn nets. Oh boy. I see a Kyle Lowry picture, uh, Kyle Lowry for, and Max Strews for Kyrie Irving. I don't, I just wouldn't do this if I'm the heat. I probably wouldn't do it if I'm Brooklyn either, because do you want the last year of Lowry's contract after this? Struess would help them, but they have enough snipers with Joe Harris. He's going to rebound. Um, he's had some nice outings, but he's clearly not shooting as well as he normally does. They have 
Seth Curry, you have Patty Mills, you have Kevin Durant, who's been like the best mid-range shooter in the game this year. Um, I get the idea of, well, we need to get something for Kyrie if he's going to leave, but I don't really like this for, for either side. I think I'd rather just let Kyrie walk than have the extra year of Lowry, who's great for the locker room. So I guess if you're looking at it from that point, I wouldn't do it if I'm the Heat. Just the odds of him submarining your culture, I don't see how he would get along with a Jimmy Butler type necessarily who probably wants to work out uh, after the game. And Kyrie Irving feels like a forever question mark after the game. But I, I, if I had to pick a side that would be less inclined to do it, I think it would, I think it would be Brooklyn. Um, I don't know what Kyrie Irving's trade value is. That's part of this problem. Um, I just don't think if they're going to let him walk, I think they'd probably prefer flexibility underneath the tax rather than bringing in Lowry. But again, maybe I'm wrong. Lowry's played a lot better. Um, he is older and he gives like some defensive tenacity. So I, I think the heat might be more inclined to say no here. The more I talk myself into it, the Charlotte Hornets. Oh, this one looks fun. Charlotte gets Russell Westbrook, Max Christie and a 2023 second round pick. The Lakers get Hayward and Mason Plumley. I'm saying no to this. If I'm the Lakers, believe it or not, Russ has played a lot better off the bench and I don't want Gordon Hayward's, you know, 30 plus million dollar salary next season on my books. I'd rather, you know, let Russ come off the books, see where this season falls, go into the summer with cap space here. Even if you started to build stuff around Terry Rozier, um, he has been, um, for the most part this season, shooting god awful from the floor after having two really good years uh, in Charlotte as a shooter. So uh, this is a no for me for the Lakers. I'm the Hornets just to get out of that. Yeah, Russ is making a, a shitload right now but one max christie just like and a second round pick i don't even understand why the lakers are the ones giving up the pick at this point so um russ is an expiring deal it's a lot of money and you're acquiring him knowing that you have to keep him so buy him out or wave him or use him i guess charlotte might be one of the teams that would actually use him he's played better of late though and we're already in the season we're you know 20 games or whatever we're a quarter of the way through the season like it's just it's not that long anymore and so i don't think the cost of getting him off means as much if you are the Lakers and you really like Hayward yeah he'd be a good fit healthy he's just never healthy and he's dealing with a semi-serious injury right now so I wouldn't do it the fact that you're keeping all your first like maybe that's sort of tantalizing you would have to really hope that Gordon Hayward's gonna get healthy uh, and then stay healthy the Bulls are they tearing it down no uh Jay Crowder for Kobe White and Marco Samanovic uh I don't know why Phoenix does this Kobe White's hitting restricted free agency I know that they could probably use another shot creator, but you have campaign. Chris Paul's injured. You have Devin Booker. Uh, I just, I don't know. I mean, you get a flyer on Kobe White ahead of restricted free agency. What are you going to pay him if he plays well a bunch of money when you have CP3 and Devin Booker on the books? This Jay Crowder, I like the fit for Chicago for sure. Um, they do. I feel like they need like more athletic defenders maybe than than Jay Crowder at this point, but like that would give them, uh, and their defense has been better than I think anyone expected, especially with Lonzo Ball out. But if you ever have your full cast of players available with Caruso, Lonzo Ball, um, Javante Green, and uh, Jay Crowder in this, like you could really, you could fuck shit up. And maybe you could go a little bit smaller with like Jay Crowder at the five. Again, if you're at your full strength, just because the way Javante, Javante Green can defend some fours there as well. I just, I don't need to get something for Crowder. Uh, and maybe Kobe White would play. Like we've seen Dwayne Washington get minutes in Phoenix. I just, uh, this doesn't do it for me, but I guess what else are you going to get if you're Phoenix? So why not a young ball handling, ball handling guard? Chicago, yeah, why not? I guess some people might see that as selling low on Kobe White, but uh, Jake Crowder feels more plug and play for them. The Cavs get Matthew Delvadova, the return for the Kings getting Dylan Windler. Yeah, what I mean, what the hell? If you don't like, if you're, are you out on Dylan Windler? That looks awfully like selling low, but to bring Delhi back, um, the vibes in the locker room on a team that's really good 
maybe just a buffer in case you don't know what's going to happen with Ricky Rubio later in the year. And look, Sacramento is just breeding shooters at this point. So if like Dylan Windler goes to Sacramento and like he's getting all of a sudden play and he's been dealing with injuries upon injuries upon injuries um, for uh, like his entire career. Um, as Greg noted, this does save Cleveland some $2.2 million. We'll bring a fan favorite. I think that's what it's about. Yeah. Why, why not? If you're willing to just take the, be like, okay, like Dylan Windler, we're out on him. I'm fine. And Sacramento, I don't know why they need the flyer on shooting, but they're fun as hell. Dallas, Jakob Pertle. For Josh Green, JaVal McGee, and a 2025 second-round pick. That Judge JaVal McGee contract this past offseason was fucking awful. I don't know what Dallas was thinking. Would I do it if I'm Dallas? You know, I don't know. I mean, Jakob Pertl's a really good fit. He does sort of crimp your spacing. But he's a good screen center, can make plays from the elbows, a fantastic rim protector, but he's not really like this great lob threat. Um, can still roll to the basket and stuff, but he's entering free agency. Josh Green's played really well. He's gotten a lot of rotation minutes this year. He's so late into his contract, though. He doesn't have the same equivalent value as a first-round pick. If you're that interested in getting off of JaVale McGee's salary because he has the two years left on his deal after this one, they gave him a player option for some reason, um, maybe you consider it. If I'm the Spurs, I'd probably just do it to get the flyer on on Josh Green. But also, like this isn't enough. Jakob Pertl feels like he might be worth a low end first. And I guess you're getting that between green and the 25 second, but you're also eating McGee's salary. I don't re- I guess it doesn't matter for the Spurs, but you have to like Josh green. And I think the thing with that is he's already like, it's almost time for him to get paid again. He's on the books for $4.8 million next year. Then he's a restricted free agent. So maybe you consider it. It's one of the ones I don't love this for either side, but Dallas is getting the clear best player in the deal. Still as good as Josh Green has been for them. I just don't know. Like Jakob Perto becomes this sort of crunch time um, liability because of his free throw shooting. And you have Christian Wood and then both of them are going into free agency. So I probably wouldn't do this if I'm, if I'm either team, the Denver nuggets, Jakob Perto and Denver. All right. Denver nuggets, Jakob Perto. Christian Brown, Zeke Naji, Jeff Green. This is spicy. I like it. Jakob Pertl, all of a sudden your backup five, a waste of his talents, but an upgrade over DeAndre Jordan, who's not been the primary problem in Denver, but Jakob Pertl is both a rim protector and a playmaker, beefs up some of the bench units that have given you issues. You don't need him for crunch time if you're Denver. Um, they touted Zeke Naji a lot heading into this season, and they have not been using him consistently. I do think they're losing some value here in Jeff Green and then like Christian Brown getting rid of him so early. But if you were all in on this season, I don't like the idea of using probably two of your best trade chips, I would say, on addressing the center position. Um, can we get DeAndre Jordan out of here as well as part of this deal? Like, Do you really want him on the roster with Jakob Pertl and, um, uh, and Nikola Jokic? It just it seems like a little bit of waste because come playoff time, you know Jokic is going to play like around 40 minutes. And so Jakob Pertl's role becomes like this eight-minute role. If you get to a point where you were doing this trade, and you could money-wise, but you're not giving up Najee Brown and Jeff Green. Uh Brown, not yeah, and Jeff Green, those are the three players involved. Like I might consider it. They just don't have like when you look at their salaries, the Nuggets aren't built to do anything other than like monster blockbuster deals at this point because of how important almost every player is like you have ish Smith's salary here like you could shoehorn that in instead of you know can you keep jeff green can you keep christian brown i don't know if you uh, but again the spurs valuing Pirtle. so i do like the idea of brown and Najee and even jeff green a little bit in san antonio so i might do this if i'm them and they don't want to pay Pirtle. but i do think that christian brown is as close as they're going to get with it but they would probably prefer a raw 
first round pick for Pirtle, if not the opportunity to resign him just because he doesn't fuck up your, your rebuild. The Pistons, the Luke Kennard return, uh, Luke Kennard to the Pistons for Nolan's Noel and Corey Joseph. Uh, I don't know that I like, I guess like having more size in LA behind Zubats, if you don't want to roll with like a Batum or a Covington who's playing again or, uh, no, but you know what? They have the Abates there. Like, yeah, I, I probably wouldn't do this for either team just because Zubats is already there. So how many minutes is Noel even going to play? He can be really defensive disruptive. He's not even playing for Detroit that much right now. Uh, I guess Corey Joseph brings sort of another veteran ball handler, but you have Wall and Reggie Jackson. If you don't think Kawhi and PG are going to be healthy, I get the logic here. You get out from Luke Kennard's contract, which isn't great. And then Detroit, aside from getting a former player, they do get someone who, when he's healthy, should really be able to sling it. But, like, wouldn't you rather? I would rather have Noel and Joseph come off the books than have Luke Kennard um, for another year in 15.4. That final year is a team option. So I wouldn't do this if I'm Detroit, I don't think, as much as they could use even some more shooting. Um, but their defense is, like, also not put together either. I, I think opening the floor up is important. Um, I just don't love this for either team. And I get the logic from it for LA's perspective, though. Golden State. Oh, I'm going to love this one. Golden State, Wendell Carter Jr. And then the Magic at Wiseman and Jonathan Kaminga. Jonathan Kaminga is such an Orlando Magic front office player. I just, look, you have Bol Bol. You have Paolo Bancaro. Excuse me. You have Mo Bamba there. I just... Like, or do you want James Wiseman a project in addition to Jonathan Isaac? Is he ever going to play again? Jonathan Kaminga. I mean, Jonathan Kaminga alone, like maybe it makes you think about it, but Wendell Carter Jr. is really good. He would be a fantastic fit for the dubs. He could play with Draymond Green. It does kind of like squeeze Kavon Looney out of minutes. And do you trust Kavon Looney more in the playoffs? I like this for Golden State though. Like Wendell Carter Jr. gives you some stretch too. And I would do it. If it's on the table, just because Wiseman's value has fallen so low. I just don't know to have Wiseman, Kaminga, Jonathan Isaac, Bull Bull, and Paolo Bancaro on the same team. If you just want to like say, all right, it's Mo Bamba. Like he doesn't need to factor into the equation. Uh, like, and even like Mo Bamba has not been after like a really, really, really bad start. Like he picked it up a little bit for Orlando too. So yeah, I don't, this is just overkill. I think the magic would need more. They, if you include a future first, maybe, but like Wendell Carter Jr. might be part of their, their core. And like, he's not super old. He's 23. So I, I found the magic. I'm not doing this. I've not seen enough from James Wiseman and I haven't watched it to be clear, but there are people that are not happy with his G league performance. Uh, the Rockets, they get Josh Green and Davis Bertans for Eric Gordon. I'd 100% do this from Dallas. Eric Gordon would be perfect for them. Rim pressure threes. You can get away playing him defensively with Spencer Dimity and Luka Doncic together, too. Like, that's a lineup that that could work. Um, would you do it if you're Houston? Davis Bertans, if it was Josh Green and expiring salary, I would consider it. Just because at this point, I don't think you're going to get a first-round pick for Eric Gordon, and it'll probably be like, number 30 or something. Yeah, you would prefer that, but I don't think like that ship may have sailed. Uh, he's in his age 33 season and he's in the final year of his contract unless you win a title, but I don't just Davis Bertans, salary is you're not going to play him if you're Houston anyway, but he has another year and 17 million left on top of, Oh no, it's two years and 33 million left on his deal. Excuse me. You would need to include something else in here. I don't think, I think that's, Josh Green's not enough to get off Bertans' money. If it is, I know he's played well, but I would go with Eric Gordon. Just 
uh, he would help this Mavericks team way more in the immediate. The Indiana Pacers get John Collins for Buddy Heald and Jalen Smith. How low has John Collins' value fallen? My God. I wouldn't do this if I'm Atlanta. You have Bogdanovich back, so I don't think you really need Heald as much. Jalen Smith can play a lot of the John Collins role, uh, but I just, my man, you're. This is just. This is all banking on the fact, and I'm not even saying it's wrong that Atlanta is just worried about paying the tax long term for its core. You extended Clint Capella. Trey Young's on his mega deal. You extended DeAndre Hunter. You have Dejounte Murray. Have to start thinking about his next contract. Um. No, I, and I also like. Do we want like any reason for like you've healed and Bogdanovich back, and they're not really neither of those guys are threes, but I guess you have Murray and Trey, and then AJ Griffin's also sort of there. I, I don't. There. I. This is just. It would if you're gonna dump Collins, like do it for expiring money rather than two guys who have multi years left on their deal. I cannot believe how. I guess I am way higher on John Collins than the consensus than I thought. The Clippers, they receive Miles Turner, love it, to the Pacers for Luke Kennard, Jason Preston, 2023 and 2024 second-round picks. Absolutely not if I'm Indiana. You need the Clippers' 2029 first-round pick, which they can move. And if they're willing to give that up, look, I consider it. Uh, John Hollinger of The Athletic brought up that they could just the Pacers could renegotiate and extend Turner's contract. And what that means is you bump up his salary immediately for this season because they have cap space. And then you could scale down from there if he wants to stick around or you view him as more of a trade asset if he's on a long-term deal. And you could pay him up to like 30-something million dollars, like up to his max this year. And so that's why he would do it, to just um, assure himself that type of money. I think that maybe that's on the table, but like to get Luke Kennard and Jason, like, yeah, if it's the 2029 Clippers pick, that team, I wouldn't bet on them being good at this point. Like they just seem fragile right now. So that would make me consider it. But I'm not. I'm not doing this if I, if I'm Indiana. Uh, no way. You have to get at least one of the Lakers first round picks for Miles Turner if if you were going to settle. The Lakers, Garrison Matthews and Boban Marjanovic for Ke- Kendrick Nunn a 2003 second round, 23 second round pick. This is creative. Garrison Matthews playing time and consistent again with Houston, but he can really sling it. And the Lakers need guys who could sling it. If you can get him going off movement, which is sometimes not something the Lakers will do, um, or LeBron teams will do he can become kind of pointless, but like, I like it. I'm, I'm fine with it. Um, Boban, I don't, I don't think he would play. I mean, they, they're not playing their other backup fives anyway. So like, does he play over Damian uh, Jones or Thomas Bryan? I, I don't know. I would do this if I'm Houston too. Like you don't need another guard and Kendrick. Nobody comes off the books. You're picking up a second round pick. Maybe if you Garrison Matthews, just as more valuable though, as someone who can really give you a, a ton of volume from three, if you want to dust him off. But I think that's fine for both teams. Memphis, Gary Harris to Memphis for 2023 second round pick and Danny green. I don't know. I understand why Memphis does this without question. I don't know why Orlando does this. It seems like they trade uh resigned, excuse me, Gary Harris to the two year, $26 million deal. So that if they wanted to, they could trade him for actual value. Um, you're not, you're just getting a second round pick from Danny green coming off the torn ACL. He's not going to stick around long-term and you have the ability to waive Harris with no cost to you after this season. I need a little bit more if I'm Orlando. And I know that, you know, Gary Harris has been, I'm going to double check that too. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm right on this contract. They can just wave him for whatever. And I know Gary Harris has just been injured all year. He's played in six games. Um, but I'd rather roll the dice and see what he is later in the season and, and have the option of keeping him to into next year if 
if they expect the team to be a lot better. So I'm not saying they would need a first round pick, but like Memphis has got to include something like, is it Xavier Tillman in there? I don't even think Orlando would have a, you know, a, like a soft spot for him, uh, given the makeup of their roster. So, and then who are you giving up after that? And I wouldn't give up a first. I want to make that clear. So this feels like a really tough trade part. I'm not giving up Santi Aldama for him. Certainly not Brandon Clark or Zaire Williams. So like, can you sweeten it with like another second round pick? Does that get it done? Uh, maybe something closer related to the trade deadline, but if I'm the magic, I'm uh, it's a pass for me. Miami. Oh boy. I see Davis Bertans. <laughs> wow. This is such a depressing trade. Davis Bertans for Duncan Robinson. You know, I get the logic when you had Reggie Bullock and Tim Hartway Jr. Just missing all their threes. Yeah. I totally understood that. Uh, but you're taking on an extra year of Duncan Robinson's deal. Cause he has three left after this one. Versus Bertans, who just has two. Um, so I, I get it for Miami. He could play next to Bam, and that's just someone who you know, gives you a starting four. Uh, he's not going to give you anything on defense, but Miami's a team that could afford it. Uh, Dallas, though, would have to... I'm struggling to see the logic. I guess you would have to really just want to make sure you have enough wing shooting. And I I think you could look at it as like, Duncan Robinson's not even cheaper on a per-year basis. So they would have to get something else within this. And you're only like sort of straining your books even further. It'd be a no for Dallas, but I, I like the target for Miami. If you're getting off Duncan Robinson's deal, the Bucks get Kendrick Williams for Marjon Bochamp. Wow. Wow. This is my inclination is that Milwaukee should say no, but like you're so invested in the now. And I know you'd probably want to see what Joe Ingles looks like when he comes back and Chris Middleton just came back. But if Cameron Williams is on the table, he's like the perfect, a perfect fit for this roster. You can use him in all different sorts of lineups, and he's just not going to be as green as Marjon Brochamp, who is like kind of a thunder type player. I mean, he's been like a little slower on ball than I thought, but he's he's really gotten a feel. And this is dating back to summer league too. Like he knows kind of where to be when he's running in transition. He's made some defensive plays, but I I guess I like it for both sides. Would I do it if I'm Milwaukee? I would probably do it if I'm OKC. Uh, Kevin Williams is just such a good player to have. And maybe you're looking at as well, how are we going to find playing time for Marjorie on Bochamp? We have Jalen Williams there and we have Lou Dort and we have Jeremiah Robinson Earl and Darius Baisley still floating around and so on and so forth. They have to start tightening some things up anyway. I think it's, it's a thinker for both teams. I don't know that it's a no brainer. Yes. For either one, but Kevin Williams on the bucks makes a lot of sense, but I'm also very high on Marjorie Bochamp. The Minnesota Timberwolves. They get Alec Burks for Torian Prince and Wendell Moore Jr. I am probably jumping on this if I'm Detroit just to get another wing and Wendell Moore Jr. to evaluate long-term. I'm less inclined to do it if I'm Detroit, uh, excuse me, Minnesota, just because Torian Prince has become pretty critical to this team, especially given the Carlethy Towns injury. Uh, this was, I think this trade was pre Carlethy Towns injury, though. And then also just like to give up on Wendell Moore Jr. already for Burks, who's an expiring contract, and you have Jordan McLaughlin, uh, McLaughlin and Jalen Noel and D'Angelo Russell. The trade to me seems like you need to do a bigger one where D'Angelo Russell would be involved. And Russell, by the way, is, is playing better of late. So like that would be something to consider as well. I, I do understand the logic. Just have another shot. And like, look, another, it's not just Alec Burks' secondary shot creation, excuse me. But he's also shooting, which the Timberwolves need this season. Like, even D'Angelo Russell, when he's picked up, has been like, not, he's been under 35% from three overs the last 10 games when he's been super efficient inside the arc. So I just, I wouldn't do this. I think it's a bridge too far for Minnesota, but Alec Burks would be like a fantastic fit for them if he doesn't cost you 
what would be the equivalent of just a rookie who I don't know what, what he comes in, but you just he was just taking number 26 in the draft. So I would need to give like a little bit less if I'm Minnesota for this. And especially like Torian Prince matters to that team. Uh so yeah. The Pelicans, they get Mo Bamba for Jackson Hayes, Garrett Temple, and a 2024 second round pick. I would do this from both sides. I get well. The Magic don't need Jackson Hayes is the thing. Like you're getting sort of a higher end flyer and someone who might fit. Like if you want someone who's going to like a bigger guy who's going to switch a bunch on defense, you could try that out. Uh, and then you're getting a second round pick. I like Mobamba in uh, New Orleans for sure. Just is a floor spacing rim protector to stick alongside Zion. And Jackson Hayes' role has just not really been sturdy this year. Uh, so I like it for New Orleans, but I just, I, I think if you're Orlando, Mobamba is the better fit on offense. So I don't know why, like there's no clear path to playing time for Jackson Hayes with Wendell Carter Jr. And a healthy Paolo Bancaro. And then if Jonathan Isaac comes back, that's even harder for them to do that. So I was probably a no for Orlando, but I like Mo Bamba in New Orleans. That's for sure. The Knicks, Reggie Bullock and Davis Bertans from Dallas for Derek Rose and Evan Fournier. I don't know what to make of this trade. Derek Rose has not been good. This year, um, you're also getting off really bad money in Fournier. Bertans is more left on his deals. This is the worst contract, two years and 33 million. That's the worst contract involved in this. The Knicks are getting more wing help in Reggie Bullock. Um, you have him, Cam Reddish, and then RJ Barrett and Quentin Grimes. You could probably make some interesting small ball lineups that Tom Thibodeau will never use. Uh, that'd be that'd be fun. You get off of Fournier's deal, like I said, you're taking on Bertans' money, and so is Tibbs going to play him instead of Obi Toppin at this point? Julius Randle's still sitting there. You have Hartenstein and Mitchell Robinson and Jericho Sims. Just too many bigs already. I don't like this for either side. I like Bullock's fit in New York, but like they need to evaluate their kids on the wings anyway. And eating what's left of Bertans' salary doesn't do it for me. I don't even know that I love it for Dallas. Fournier and Rose would give them a lot of what they need, but you have to believe that one, like Rose is going to get the feel for his game back. Um, Fournier would be a fine fit, but like he's not. You're trading a you know someone who's a valuable defender to, for you in Bullock to then get back a liability in Fournier. You're getting rid of liability in Bertans, but like that's not someone you're relying on anyway. I just, I don't love it for either side. I, I think I like it the least for the Knicks. I might, yeah, just because if I'm Dallas, I'd like to get off of Bertans' contract sooner, but the Bullock's a pretty steep opportunity cost. And he's notoriously started slow. So maybe they wouldn't like that either. OKC, they get James Wiseman. Okay, and Golden State gets Kenrich Williams, a 2023 second-round pick for Miami or Dallas. Look, if I'm if I'm Golden State, I'd do it. I might do this for both sides. Just the OKC takes the huge flyer on Wiseman. Can he play with Chet? Just because Chet spaces the floor and you just go super big up front? I don't know. I would take the flyer if I'm OKC. Um, I just, are you willing to sell that low if you're... Uh, if you're the Warriors on James Wiseman, because like, this is what, this is what we're talking about with James Wiseman trades. Like it's not, you know, it's James Wiseman for Kelly Olenek, like those types of deals that are out there. So like, that's what, that, that is what you're talking about. He does fit into OKC's trade exception from the Derek favors deal. Um, I would do it for both sides. I'm in love with Kendrick Williams. It's selling low on James Wiseman. What do you want for him at this point? He's sitting in the G league. Uh, I don't know if, you know, I, I wonder if OKC would do this. Like, they're the team that the Golden State probably says no too because of the equity they have in Wiseman, but they're the team like on the court that might say no just because you have Chet Holmgren waiting in the wings. The Orlando Magic, 
receive a 2027 first round pick and Russell Westbrook from the Lakers and the Lakers get Gary Harris, Terrence Roth and John Jonathan Isaac. Holy shit. I think I, I might like this deal. Just I, Russ isn't good at playing Orlando, although they've had like a bunch of guard injuries. So you could try it out if you wanted to. Terrence Ross probably leaves after this season. And then Gary Harris, I, you're giving up on the season of control that you have of him. It really comes down to like, what do you think Jonathan Isaac is going to be? And you've safeguarded yourself now against disaster because of the way his, his deal is set up. Um, 7.6 million guaranteed next season. And then it becomes fully non-guaranteed in the final year. I might do this if I'm just to take the flyer. Look, you get Ross and Harris. Like those guys are rotation players for you when they're healthy, which Harris Harris is not at this point. So whew, this is a thinker. I'm if I'm the Lakers, there's probably more risk in like if I'm the magic, just because I'm dealing with seeing like so many transient players here. At some point, it's like, all right, Jonathan Isaac is 25, but like he hasn't played in over two seasons at this point. He's yet to play this season. Recovering from a bunch of leg injuries. The Lakers are the ones that are taking on more risk here. I think it's the Lakers that say no to this. But imagine Jonathan Isaac and Anthony Davis in the same front court as Jonathan Isaac was healthy. I can't imagine it because I can't imagine Jonathan Isaac healthy at this point. The Philadelphia 76ers get John Collins and Bogdan Bogdanovich for Tobias Harris, Matisse Seibel, and Shake Milton. Okay, so we're just like... We're straight up just viewing Shake Milton's been balling and you know, Atlanta's defense has been fine. If you will, like want to take the flyer on Matisse Thibel, you know, Tobias Harris, a good score. He's probably more of a natural fit um, given the role that he plays. than Collins would be if you stash Tobias Harris at the four, he only has one year left on his deal versus three for Collins. This is just a straight up dump. It's Atlanta saying, Hey, we don't want the three guaranteed years of John Collins's money on our books after this. And like I just, I'm I'm just stunned. Is it four guaranteed years? It's four for no no. It's three. It's three. I'm, I need to look at my salary sheets. Let's see. Yeah. So John Collins has three guaranteed years left at like over seventy five million dollars. That's just them saying, hey, Bogdanovich is going to decline his player option, even though he was injured for much of the season. So we view him as a temporary player because we can't pay him, and we don't want to pay Collins. So we're going to take on Tobias Harris in the final year of his deal just to get off of the, you know, the the two extra ones after that of Collins's. I do this if I'm Philly, probably, even though Tobias Harris has started playing well. Um, I, I mean, do I do this if I'm Philly? Shake Mill's been really good lately. He would help the Hawks a ton. Yeah, Bogdan Bogdanovich alone would be a, a huge help for for Philly. I probably do this from Philly, but if I'm Atlanta, I need like some type of pick in here. And if these are the offers for John Collins, my what happened to my guy? Oof. Phoenix Suns get Tobias Harris, Paul Reed, and Jaden Springer for Jay Crowder, Landry Shamit, Dario Sarge, and Tory Craig. That's a no for Phoenix. If I'm, yeah, that's a big no from Phoenix because I guess the Sixers have to take on. They're getting a bunch of expirings, and Jay Crowder, who helps them, he'll definitely shoot more than PJ Tucker will. They have to take on Landry Shamit, who has a year left on his deal. That's guaranteed at like ten point three million, so that's really nothing. Uh, and then we're giving Tobias Harris would really work though in Phoenix. But are you? Do you want to pay Tobias Harris when you have? You know, l- let's look at this next season. You have Devin Booker at thirty six, DeAndre Ayton at thirty two point five, Chris Paul half guaranteed 
at 30.8, so 30.8 million. Mikael Bridges at 27, 21.7 million. And then you're going to add Tobias Harris, the final year of his deal, but it's 39.3. I'd be shocked if they're willing to pay that. I do like Tobias in Phoenix, though, for what they could use. I just, are you willing to pay that money? Torrey Craig's become weirdly important for them. And so is there a way to do this deal without including him or, or Damian Lee? We can look at that. Um, so, and they don't really need Paul Reed with Bismarck Biombo and uh, Jock Landale and even Ish, Ish Wayne right there. So uh, it's probably a no for Phoenix, but I do like Tobias Harris in Phoenix. Oddly enough, it's just that number. I can't picture the Suns doing the Portland trailblazers get Isaiah Stewart and Rodney Magruder in exchange for Keon Johnson, Justice Winslow and a 2024 second round pick. This feels like an overpay for, uh, it's not an overpay because Isaiah Stewart's really good and imposing on the front line, but like Detroit's getting a lot for Isaiah Stewart here. That 2024 second, it's the more favorable of Charlotte's or Minnesota's Charlotte's probably going to suck. If we're being honest, plus Keon Johnson can jump out of a gym, but what is he? Justice Winslow's had some really awkward moments offensively this year, but he's played some small ball five on defense and held up. I, I think you could talk yourself into it for either side. I do think that Detroit having more immediate aspirations beyond this season would prefer to have Isaiah Stewart. I don't know what to make of their front court, to be honest. They have Jalen Duran there. They have Marvin Bagley, the third there. Uh and Wells not going to be there at the long. So there is like sort of a glut with Isaiah Stewart and those other two and Jalen Duran and um, Marvin Bagley. But I like I kind of like this for both sides. Just like if I well no because what is what are the Pistons really getting for Isaiah Stewart? Like they would have to like Keon Johnson or Justice Winslow, and then that second round pick is useful. So if you think that Jesse Swinzel is going to provide actual value to your team, but like you can't carve out minutes for him as the small ball four five, but then I guess if you play him with Marvin Bagley up front, like it allows Bagley to sort of play his natural position on offense, whatever he's better suited to, but also because Jesse Swinzel's not spacing the floor. Bagley's been okay as a, as a, as a stretch this year. Uh, I'm on the fence. I like it for Portland. Just been to beef up the backup five minutes and beef stew is really imposing. Um, with his defense in the half court. So I would do it if I'm Portland. I'm not sure if I'd do it if I'm Detroit. Sacramento, they get Reggie Bullock and JaVale McGee from the Mavericks for Rashawn Holmes and Trey Lyles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Trey Lyles might be like too valuable for this trade. And JaVale McGee, I mean, I guess he technically could play in Sacramento, but like Rashawn Holmes is not playing in Sacramento. He should play. I still think he should play. Used to be like the push shot extraordinaire. Uh, Dallas could certainly use him. They're getting off of JaVale McGee here. Uh, the Kings are getting Bullock, and like they could still use help on the wings. Uh, I, li- I like this for Sacramento because you're parlaying two bigs, and you have Sabonis, you have Metu. Uh, so like you have you have options up front, and you can break out JaVale McGee in case of emergency if you really want to. Um, so, But giving up Trey Lyles, like he's had some really interesting minutes this year, but you already have... like. Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray. So you can get your four spot done. Bullock plays, can play a lot of three of Kevin Herter there. I think I do this if I'm both teams, because at this point you've torpedoed Rashawn Holmes' value. It doesn't even seem like he's a value contract anymore. Maybe you don't want to take on JaVale McGee's money, but he comes cheaper on a per year basis. than Rashawn Holmes, Rashawn Holmes is better. I don't know how much it matters if you're not playing either of them. Um, I think I would do it. You have to trust that Reggie Bullock will continue to get off to, you know, that he'll like hit his threes as the year goes on. I would probably do it if I'm Sacramento. 
and I would definitely do it if I'm Dallas at this point. You are kind of sacrificing some wing depth here, but uh, if you, but you also, I keep forgetting Christian Woods on this roster. It's like, would I do it if I'm Dallas? I don't know. You're getting off of JaVal McGee and Rashawn Holmes is certainly an upgrade. Um, is he better than Dwight Powell or Maxi Kleba? Debatable. Like both those players have been better now because they're actually playing. And then you have Christian Woods. So is he still the fourth best big on your roster? So I, I kind of like it more for Sacramento than I do Dallas, which is weird because I'm a huge Rashawn Holmes guy when it comes to the way he plays basketball. The Spurs get Kobe White and Derek Jones Jr. for Josh Richardson from Chicago. Yeah, I'd do it. I, I'm i fine with this for both sides because give San Antonio someone who could create in half court, maybe not necessarily for others, but Kobe White's going to get shots up. Derek Jones Jr. could be athletic, play a lot of defense for you. Uh, Josh Richardson, I think, is a really good fit. Not necessarily, I'm talking about how Chicago needs more athletic defenders. They also need shooting. And Josh Richardson can do that. He's shooting, I think, like close to 40% on spot-up threes this year. I would do it. Maybe it's selling low on Kobe White, but they're probably not going to pay him in restricted free agency anyway. I don't know if they let him walk, but I just don't think he's going to command a ton of money. I like this one. I think the Bulls could really use Josh Richardson. Why not take a flyer on Kobe White if you're San Antonio? The Raptors, another Josh Richardson destination. The Raptors get Josh Richardson. The Spurs get Malachi Flynn, Ken Birch, DJ Wilson, and two seconds. I do this on Toronto. Just I, Josh Richardson probably doesn't give you enough dribbling or shot creation in the half court. His shot selection is better than Gary Trent Jr.'s, though. Um, just to give you sort of another option to space the floor. Um, so if this is the cost, if this is the opportunity cost, I'm doing it. If I'm San Antonio, do I want more? I wouldn't mind testing out Malachi Flynn in San Antonio. And like maybe even Ken Birch gets some run because their backup five is all sorts of weird. Uh, I'm going to say in two seconds, I'm going to say tentative. Yes. For both sides. I like it for both sides. Just, there's a lot of flyers involved here for San Antonio, which feels like spare parts. And Richardson feels like he's worth more in a vacuum. So they would be the team. I think most likely to say no, but I kind of, I dig Josh Richardson for the Raptors, the jazz, James Wiseman and Ryan Hollins for Kelly Olenek in a second round pick. Wow. I mentioned Kelly Olenek before for James Wiseman. It's coming up now. I do. I do. I do it. If I'm Utah, just you have Walker. uh, My God. Why? Somebody needs to tell me why I can't get my Kessler straight. You have in Utah, you have Walker Kessler. Okay. So I was correct. First time. And he's been playing well. You have Jared Vanderbilt. If you're getting rid of Kelly Olenek, like some minutes open up, but you don't want um, James Wiseman or Walker Kessler playing the four. So having those two bases are redundant. At the same time, Olenek's going to be a free agent. Just give me the upside play in Wiseman. He has the physical tools, even if he isn't necessarily implementing them right now. I do it if I'm Utah. Do I do it if I'm Golden State? Yeah, I probably do. Like, this is just, I'm at the point where it's, yeah, especially if they're going to send me a second round pick, like I, I just might do it. I probably do it if I'm Golden State. Is that just, is that bonkers at this point? Maybe it is, but Kelly Olenek would help them a lot. Like he could play with Draymond. He could play with Kevon Looney. Um, he could be the, the lone big on the court. He's been better um, defensively as, as a rim protector this year than I expected him to be. He's going to stretch the floor for you. I would do it. He's an upgrade over J- the, the Jermichael Green and the previous James Wiseman minutes as well. So I probably do it. And that, that might be sad. And I don't know if the, the Warriors have the stones necessarily to sell that low, but yeah, I would do it. The Wizards, they get Terry Rozier for Rui Hachimura and Will Barton. That's a hard no for the Wizards for me. We still, I still don't really know what Rui is. Like he had a, a good start to the season as like a spark plug off the bench. Uh, Will Barton's an expiring contract. I just, at this point, you have Monte Morris. DeLon Wright's going to be healthy eventually. I don't know why you want to tack on the extra. I know that the Wizards are addicted to being in the middle, but why you want to tack on the the two years 
And what is he at? 40 million? No, he's at 40, 48 million left on Terry Rozier's contract. Plus, he's got a mostly a full, yeah, he's got three extra years left on his deal that when fully guaranteed would be 75 million. And most of that is guaranteed. So, like, set, like, so no, I wouldn't do this if I'm Washington. That's just Terry Rozier has not played well enough for me to get in, in that business while giving up two expiring contracts. And they like, if we're talking Cody Martin, like if they want to go after him or maybe even PJ Washington, but I don't love the Rozier fit. Uh, again, you have Monte Morris there. You have Bradley Beal, DeLon, right? Like you don't need another guard. Who's not especially big. The shooting would help out a ton. So that's a no for me. I hope you enjoyed this reaction. I have a lot of respect coming up for trade ideas for every single team is hard. So even if you don't like them, like that's a exercise to go through. Please remember, if you're still with us, uh, subscribe to us on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, both mediums. That helps us out a ton. Tell people about us. Retweet our promos. Recommend us. Anything you could do to help us continue building the communities. Follow us on the socials. The links to that are in the podcast and YouTube descriptions. And last, but certainly not least, I leave you with the shout-out to one, the only, the indelible, the person who embodies the spirit of thermonuclear AF, Frank Nila Kina.